Easter morning. Dear Heavenly Father, oh what joy we come before you this morning. With hearts that are filled and overflowing, thankful that you have allowed even a day of services, that we can come before thy holy word, that we can remember our Lord's resurrection. Father, how we thank thee that he had power over sin, death, and hell, and that he arose victorious this holy day. Father, oh, how much we look at Good Friday, and we thank thee for thy sacrifice that you have sent unto us. We thank our Lord for suffering and dying for us. But Lord, Father in heaven, how we thank thee that Easter day came, Resurrection Day, and that he was victorious over all the enemies. And finally he arose from the grave to go to the right hand of God. Father, we thank thee that all this has been accomplished and that we can believe this morning he is our Savior, he is our salvation, our righteousness. Father, draw our hearts today to meditate upon these precious promises, this precious occasion that is taking place again. Father, reveal thy word unto us. Strengthen thy brother that he may bring forth thy word to us this day. Prepare our hearts and keep us in love, in unity. Keep us in the spirit that Christ has left for his children upon this earth, that we may be united as thy children. Father, with thy children who are gathered throughout this world this morning, rejoicing and thanking thee, because you have loved us and redeemed us. Keep us, Father, ever in thy will. We thank thee for this blessed and holy day. Father, we ask that for those who are not able to get to gather in such gatherings as this, for those who are not able to be even away from their sick beds in their old age, we ask that thy spirit again would be abundantly poured out upon them, that they can rejoice remembering also the resurrection of the Lord. Father, we thank thee for all these things in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.
grace and peace from God our Heavenly Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ be richly multiplied upon us this morning and evermore. Amen. For our text of meditation this Easter Sunday morning in which we commemorate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead. I would like to read from the writings of the evangelist St. Luke, beginning with the 13th verse of the 24th chapter. 24th chapter of Luke, beginning with the 13th verse to the 35th verse. <clears throat> and we will read this portion of the Word of God with the prayer upon our hearts unto the only true teacher of the children of God, the Lord Jesus Christ, who dwells in our hearts by faith, who alone can enlighten, enlighten us and make his word living unto us. <clears throat> and behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem about threescore furlongs, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he, he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another? as ye walk and are sad. And one of them whose name was Cleopas answered, saying unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem, and has not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they say unto him concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulchre. And when they found not his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulchre and found it, even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken, ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures concerning 
the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh unto the village whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went in to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it, and brake and gave to them, and their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us by the way, and while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. Amen. <clears throat> it was a most trying time for the disciples of the Lord when their comforter, their Lord and Master, was taken from them who was removed from them by the church in that day and who was condemned to die by Pilate at the request of the nation of Israel, the Jews to whom he came and whom he loved, to whom he offered eternal life. But he was condemned to die and he was crucified because of what he said and because he claimed that he was the Son of God. And they said if anyone would so blaspheme God as to say that he was the Son of God or that he would blaspheme God in any way, it was written and it is written still today in the book of the law of Moses that such a man must die. Although Christ indeed was the Son of God, yet there was not anyone in that day who understood, except a few women, that this was indeed the Son of God and that he must die for their sins, and that he would also rise again, and they would reign with him in the resurrection, in the righteousness and peace and joy that they would have when they entered into his kingdom. Mary Magdalene was one of those who understood Christ, who understood him and the purpose of the word of reconciliation and how that he was to pay for the price of her sins. And she also was the one who had taken a very costly ointment the ointment called Spicknard, and anointed him. She was rebuked for having done this. She, Jesus answers those who rebuked her, that she has done this against my burial. She knew that he was to die, and did not attempt to preserve him, to protect him from this death, because she had a much, far, much more far-sighted understanding than the disciples had. 
But that was because she had become first a sinner in her own eyes. And she needed the forgiveness of God. She needed a righteousness other than what she was able to manufacture for herself. And therefore she was able to understand the word of the Lord Jesus Christ and his redemptive work even prior to his suffering and death and his glorious resurrection. The disciples, however, whom Jesus had chosen to follow him, they did not understand these things. It was darkness unto them. Now when the Lord was taken from them, they had lost all hope of that which they had heard him speak which was to come unto them, which they were to receive. The Lord Jesus Christ, however, in his ministry and in his word, never taught the disciples that his kingdom and his power was to be anything that was to be an earthly matter, but it was spiritual and it was to be a spiritual kingdom. But they nevertheless were ignorant. They could not hear what he said. They could not believe with their hearts these things. But it was darkness unto them. Now as the Lord was taken from them, the Bible tells us his disciples were hiding in fear of the Jews. The Lord Jesus Christ was not their comforter or protector any longer. The disciples were weeping and lamenting because they had lost all hope and all courage. They could not face the enemy as they had promised that they were going to do. But now they also recognized their own frailty, their own weakness and their sin and their corruption. And they could not understand how that they could have been so frail and so sinful when they felt so strong while he was yet with them, when he was taken away, their strength was also gone. But this is even the purpose of the Lord Jesus Christ being removed from them, that they might know what it is to be comforted. Not comforted with earthly promises, promises concerning earthly comforts, those things which are temporal and are only for this life, comforted with this revelation that we might have abundance in this life of earthly blessings and also earthly honor and glory and the praise of men, that we might sit at the right hand and on the left of a king who shall rule all over all the kingdoms in this world. These are the things the Lord Jesus cared nothing for. These things the Lord Jesus says, come and go. But I have a kingdom that I have brought unto you which shall last forever, which shall not be overcome by anyone. The gates of hell shall not prevail against this kingdom. But those who shall enter in this kingdom and who shall indeed sit upon twelve thrones where you and I as the believing children of God also sit upon today, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. That is, we preach the word of God which attracts and draws the unbelievers also through the same door that we have come into his kingdom and experience righteousness, peace and joy that comes from heaven 
and not through the knowledge that I have earthly comforts and blessings, but I have the knowledge that my sins are forgiven. This now is the beginning of the work of regeneration in the hearts of his disciples. That is, an awakening took place in their hearts and in their consciences that they were guilty and sinful before God because that they are sin. They knew nothing of this matter of sin. They had seen how sinners receive forgiveness, but they for themselves had no need of it. And they followed very diligently the Lord Jesus Christ. And they were ever with him and very protective of him, though the Lord Jesus Christ on various occasions was able to reveal some of these things which were spiritual unto them. But it had not become a needed thing for them to worship God for, as there are many in the world today who very avidly and ardently, diligently follow the Lord Jesus Christ. As long as the Lord Jesus Christ does not ask them to taste of the bitter cup of sin, to recognize how that in themselves they need the blood of Jesus Christ to cover the shame of their nakedness, but that he can cover some of their weaknesses and their frailties and shortcomings, wherein I fail, that I need the Lord Jesus Christ for, many will speak and say. But I believe as I observe my Christian walk here in time, as I pray early in the morning and throughout the day and in the evening, which is good and right to do, and as I study and read the Word of God, I find that my Christian walk isn't as bad as it has been in the days past. But the Lord Jesus Christ is not dwelling in the heart of such a one because this one is looking unto himself for improvements. And he so recognizes that he is becoming better. But we as the Lord Jesus Christ, the Bible tells us, in the book of the laws of Moses and the prophets and in the Psalms and in the epistles and gospels, that it is the Lord Jesus Christ who is to become more precious unto us. It is his righteousness that becomes priceless unto us, and it is his righteousness that we glory in. And it is in proclaiming and manifesting as God gives us enlightenment and grace and strength to speak of his righteousness which is given as unto us, so is offered unto others also, by faith. If you will only believe, you also will receive this righteousness. Now the Lord Jesus found two of his disciples, Simon was one of these two, and Cleopas was another follower of the Lord, who had been in his presence often, and who had heard and had also believed that the Lord was going to be with them and let them become rulers in his kingdom. But they were sad. The Lord had been taken away from them. They were journeying away from Jerusalem. They were journeying away from the city of peace, the righteous and the holy city of God, where there is righteousness, peace, and joy. That is the spiritual city of Jerusalem. But so it is. Unbelief and doubt drive us away from the kingdom of God. 
Therefore we as God's children who are also tempted and affected by this, this sin, the enemy of the soul, comes unto us and also afflicts us with unbelief, and telling us that we are so sinful, or the Lord has better ones that he is the Lord of and the comforter of them than us. And we have rejected and denied the Lord Jesus Christ in many ways today. We have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And immediately the enemy comes unto us and tells us, See how sinful you are. You are not worthy any longer. And we weep because of our unworthiness. And we feel very broken in our hearts. And because we are so sinful, we are not worthy. And we do not avail ourselves of the grace of God until... The Lord Jesus Christ comes unto us and, and he speaks unto us of, that we do not have to part from the city of peace, but we can turn around and come back and, and come boldly to the throne of grace and the altar of mercy where we will find help in every time of need, where we will be uplifted with the assurance again that all our sins and shortcomings are forgiven us and in his name and precious atoning blood. Now the Lord Jesus appeared unto these two as they were walking and talking together of these things which had happened. Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were holding that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another, as ye walk and are sad? Now did not the Lord know what the conversation of these two were? Didn't the Lord know every thought and every intention of the heart of man? He knew the thoughts of Simon the Pharisee. Simon didn't have to open his mouth and, and complain about this prophet that allowed Mary Magdalene to come as such a sinful woman unto his feet, weeping, washing his feet, wiping her feet with her hair. Simon the Pharisee had these thoughts in his heart. If this man was a prophet, he would know what kind of a sinful woman she is. Jesus, knowing the thoughts of Simon, said, I have somewhat to say unto thee. And on many occasions such as this, this the Lord knew. He, did never, he never judged after the sight of his eyes, neither after the hearing of his ears. We are prone to do this. But he judged righteous judgment. This means he looked into the depths of the hearts of men. He can see also today into your hearts and mind. He knows our intentions. He knows our thoughts. He knows our feelings also. He knows whether we have the desire to follow him and want to remain the children of God. He also knows our many fears. He knows our many weaknesses. He knows that all of us as God's children here this morning have the desire to be faithful unto him even though we are not able always to speak of these things, because we are so timid, we feel so unworthy. But the Lord, why then does he ask? 
these two to explain to him what is your reason for being so sad in the kingdom of God that there is nothing secret there is nothing hid that shall not be revealed or be brought into light and the way that this is done is that we speak of those things which God has laid upon our hearts and manifest unto us is our burden and our concern we are to pray about these matters unto the Father the Bible tells us so but the Bible also tells us that in order to receive comfort and assurance unto those things unto the needs of our hearts we also hear the gospel particularly paper riffles could not do but the Lord still loved them and he looked upon Peter with love and my friend it is only love that can break a heart and I would like to emphasize that the heart of God this evening would, is filled with love for you dear soul who is burdened with sin who see and recognize that in yourself and you have not been able to go any farther than the disciples did but only unto the entry into judgment hall and when you see how the Lord had to suffer you could not stand with him the Lord Jesus Christ then nevertheless knew that he would have to suffer and die alone and he looks upon Peter in love and with compassion and forgiveness and, and here the heart of Peter was broken and he wept his Lord was taken away from him his Lord was no longer his comforter neither was he the comforter of any of the rest of the disciples for they left him and they knew that they had broken their promises and, and they saw that they were guilty before God they had forsaken and denied their Lord and Master now therefore they must suffer the consequence of their sins Jesus goes on to his death he suffers the price now for the denial of the disciples and your denial and mine and all our sin the Lord pays the price for them but he returns from the dead and he comes unto his own and he speaks forgiveness unto the broken hearted he speaks of love and compassion how that he had need, needed to do this for him for them rather so that they might be saved from the wrath to come and as Jesus speaks unto his own his poor disciples who were so sinful he speaks unto them of love and forgiveness and, and their hearts begin to burn within them and avail yourself this evening dear friend of these promises of the Lord Jesus Christ and that he does not will that you should perish in your sin but that you would have your sins forgiven you and he asks you to come boldly to the throne of grace and the altar of mercy for the Lord has suffered for your sins he has tasted of the sins he has drank the sins that you and I have committed and fallen into and that which we are by nature unto the end in completeness and fullness the Lord has compassion toward those who are burdened because of their sins 
and he is ready and willing to forgive you all your sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And this now then is fulfilled when Jesus says that your sorrow shall be turned into joy. The world thought they had now done away with this deceiver. They rejoiced in that this man who said that he was the Son of God, that they had been able to put him to death and silence him his voice, but they forgot not knowing that Jesus said, at least not understanding when he said, I will rise again at the third day. And when he did, he rose with power and he has made disciples who follow him walking in that power of the Holy Spirit that now we do not count the cost because of that great burning love of God that has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Spirit and we do not count what we have to suffer because of our testimony, that is, the testimony of the Lord and the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. But we speak unto others of these things, and the world still despises this testimony as they did in that day. But nevertheless, this we understand is because they are ignorant. They don't know what they are doing. They don't know what they are rejecting, therefore... We continue and we pray for strength and courage to continue to speak of these wonderful things which we have in Christ Jesus and which is offered also unto others. A woman when she is in travail had sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. And ye now therefore have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart shall rejoice, and your joy no man taketh from you. It is not possible that the disciples could experience the joy of knowing the Lord Jesus Christ from the heart and until they had first gone through this sorrow that he is speaking of. Have you experienced sorrow over your own sin? Have you experienced what a woman, a mother who is ready to deliver a child experiences? The pain and the anguish and knows that she cannot do anything for herself but she is in complete helplessness and, and she has to rely entirely on the grace and mercy of God to bring that child into this world and that this child would be a living and a healthy child. And that church suffers greatly also. When a child is brought forth into this world, we go through much anguish in prayer for those who are in unbelief. But beloved, we are more concerned about ourselves. Have we in our heart experienced the knowledge of our own sins? Have we tasted of the bitterness of the wrath of God against my sin? I think we all have here this evening. Therefore we also know what the love of God is, extended unto one such as you and I, who have been plucked from the fire, from the wrath of God upon sin. We have experienced and we have partaken of this marvelous and amazing grace of God, having been saved by the power of God through the gospel, having been pulled out of hopelessness and despair unto life and salvation, and given a new song, not a song of wailing, but a song of joy, a song of rejoicing, of thanksgiving unto God. But first it had to be 
that sorrow over sin had to be experienced. And this is still the message today. One cannot experience the joy of salvation or the Lord Jesus Christ cannot become the savior of a sinner who comes from a joyful world into a joyful kingdom. But that joy in the world and that confidence, that life must become sin unto that person. Yea, he himself, in himself, must become sin and taste of this wrath of God which Jesus spoke unto the sons of Zebedee. Are you able to drink of the cup that I must drink of? And to be baptized with the baptism that I am to be baptized with them. We are able, they answered. Jesus says, indeed you shall partake and taste of that cup. Everyone who will come into the kingdom of God, who is in the kingdom of the world today, they must come through the door. And to come through that door is to come in a way of godly sorrow over sin. To take and partake of that cup which Jesus told John, James and John that they must partake of, is to partake and taste of the wrath of God against sin. How then can the grace of God be sweet unto a sinner who has not tasted of the wrath of God against sin? That grace unto that sinner is a cheap grace and worthless unto him. God gives his grace un- not unto such, but he gives it in that time when that sinner has, according to the mind of God, has sufficiently tasted of the wrath, God's wrath against sin. But you and I are not those who can measure how much has that man suffered over his sin. Has he sufficiently suffered because of his sin? That is not your business nor mine to decide. It is God's affair and his business. God is the one who knows the hearts of everyone. But we are to preach the word of repentance and the remission of sin. If God chooses to reveal and give his grace unto a sinner, he knows what he is doing. But may God give us the grace, and in this, especially in these latter times, and when there is such distortion concerning what is the word of God, how is it to be spoken and preached, may he give us wisdom and understanding to rightly divide the word of God as the sharpened two-edged sword ought to be spoken. The Lord Jesus Christ now makes this matter very clear and plain, in a simple way so that even children can understand it. That before one can partake of the sweetness, the great blessing of the grace of God, which every one of us stand upon today, and which is the staff we lean upon, which we rejoice in, and which God himself glories in giving unto us his grace, here in his life and salvation for us, but after we have first tasted of the bitterness of sin. But now that we are the children of God, I don't believe that the effect of sin has changed. There is still sorrow experienced in heart when we fall into sin and come short of the glory of God. When we offend one another, the Bible tells us it is expedient and necessary for us that we would be sorry for these things and put them away so that the peace and the joy of salvation would remain with us, that there would not be anything hindering from the the Holy Spirit, from taking of the Lord Jesus Christ 
and showing unto us, revealing unto us day by day what great things are given unto us in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Lord Jesus Christ then goes on to say that no man shall take this joy from you. How is it that man cannot take this joy from us? It is because there is one much mightier than man is within us that keeps us in this joy. And we are not able either to keep and retain peace in a good conscience. Sometimes I think we would like to be able to do this for ourselves. But we are not capable. We come short of the glory of God. But the joy of salvation is retained within us only by the Spirit of God. And we can trust and be confident that the Spirit of God is not only able but will do this for us. This is his promise. Therefore we can trust and look unto him who is our strength, not unto ourselves. Because if we were to look unto ourselves to retain peace and joy in our hearts and in the Lord Jesus Christ, then this would fail us. This is looking unto man. For we as man are not able to do only but by that which is sin before God. But looking unto away from ourselves unto our strength is to look unto the Holy Spirit which will retain the joy of salvation within us. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but I shall show you plainly of the Father. And at that day ye shall ask in my name, and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father and am come into the world. Again I leave the world and go to the Father. These things the disciples did not understand. But in the 21st, 5th verse it states, But I shall show you plainly of the Father. That is, from the Father, where I will be. And that in a short time I shall be at the right hand of the Father. And then I will show you how the Father loves you and forgives you and only desires this for you, that you would remain in the joy of as my believers, knowing that I have saved your souls from the wrath of God against sin. This is the love of God, that Jesus come into the world and has come to save us from the wrath of God against my sin. Have you partaken of this, my friend? Have you plainly experienced this love of God toward you? As Jesus says, that everyone who will experience this joy shall plainly see and clearly understand what is this matter of me having to suffer and die for their sins, having to rise again from the dead and enter unto the right hand of the Father. And from there I will give unto you the Comforter, that shall flood your soul with peace and joy in the knowledge that your sin is covered and your transgressions are forgiven, so that you can say that I want only to sing the praises of thanksgiving unto his name who so loved me and gave himself for me, for me the chief of sinners, even today, 
the Lord forgives us our sins. Now we have partaken and seen plainly how the Lord has paid for my sins. We have experienced it in our hearts and we have rejoiced and do rejoice in this. But is there something this evening upon the heart of any one of us that hinders us from being able to experience, to rejoice in this joy of salvation? Let me assure you from the heart of God, by this reconciling gospel that we have in Christ Jesus, that his atoning death and his blood cleanses you from all sin and unbelief tonight. You can believe with full hearts, in complete assurance, that all your sins are forgiven you. In Jesus' name and precious atoning blood. Amen. Let us again humble our hearts before God and receive his benediction. Now the Lord bless us and keep us. The Lord make his face to shine upon us and be gracious unto us. The Lord lift up his countenance upon us and give us everlasting peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.